I'm Cahal Summers. And I'm Georgia Lynn. Your Chagas Sustainability Advisors. And you're welcome to the Chagas Environment Edge podcast, bringing you the latest information, science and opinion to improve farm sustainability. On this episode, Chagas Soil and Plant Nutrition Specialist Mark Plunkett joins us to talk about the benefits of cover crops as a management tool in the tillage system, both environmentally and for production. What benefits do cover crops bring to the table in relation to soil functions? Does the benefit outweigh the cost on the farm? With nitrogen and phosphorus being a pressure in our rivers and estuaries, how can cover crops help to address this issue? I started off by asking Mark how the tillage crops are doing this year. Suppose, look, in terms of winter crops, they're looking reasonably well, uh, Deirdre. Um, crops look to have good yield potential. Um, in terms of spring crops, then, look, I suppose it's been a, it's been a tricky year. Uh, April was very cold, May was very wet, and June has been very dry. And I, or in, in July, we're getting some rain again. But look, spring crops look reasonably good. There looks to be um, good yield potential out there but I suppose on saying that it's it's not until the combine really arrives before we can get a real measure of how crops look but I'd be positive at this at this stage that we'd have a good harvest for 2021. I suppose the next thing Mark then when the crop we're, we're, we're starting to think towards harvesters coming in now in the next especially in spring crops I suppose in, in the next month six weeks um, and farmers I suppose are wondering what what to do next we're, we're looking we need we need to have green cover out after we harvest our crops but I suppose we're very interested from the environmental side and production side on, on cover cropping. And the first thing I'll say to you is there's a lot of talk about cover crops, Mark, but can you, can you tell me maybe what is the difference between a catch crop, a cover crop, a fodder crop? Uh, and and uh, there's so many names there. Can you just explain what's the difference between all these kind of crops? Yeah, I suppose it's, it, there's, there is some new, I suppose, names out there like, like cover crops, even green crops. Um, and you've mentioned cash crops or fodder crops but I suppose a cover crop uh, is generally a crop between two main tillage crops so you know say between two main crops of spring barley and I suppose the main function of that cover crop is to take up nutrients or reduce nutrient loss um, or any nutrients that are there from say the current crop it, it'll, it'll, it'll pick them up and again there's, there's soil and environmental benefits while on the other hand then a cash crop or a fodder crop is slightly different that there is a, a fodder demand or a fodder need on the farm over the winter period so these tend to be things like fodder rape or kale that go in I suppose as soon as possible and I suppose the aim here is to maximize dry matter production to meet that fodder requirement over the winter period. And I suppose the big dif- differentiation between a cover crop and a fodder crop is that a fodder crop tends to have a fertilizer requirement. So there's a requirement there for NP and K to drive that sufficient winter feed for the winter period. But as fodder crops do be, bring benefits, as I said, in terms of soil benefits um, and also environmental benefits um, from improving soil fertility to improving soil structure to reducing nutrient loss, similar to the, the cover crop. So hopefully, Carl, that, that explains the difference between a cover crop and a fodder crop. Yeah, so the cover crop and the catch crop are more or less the same thing, and then the fodder crop and the cash crop are kind of the same. Uh, one thing just picked up there when you're talking about the fodder crop, Mark, and look, this would be common enough, like I'm, I'm down here in Wexford, and we would once the crop is harvested, and a cover if a cover crop goes in, you'd often maybe see sheep coming in there in December to graze, or maybe cattle or whatever, but uh, it can be a little bit risky, I suppose, if we think we're on free draining soils. And you mentioned there that if you are putting in a fodder crop, you generally put in maybe some NP and K on it. Do we have to be careful, Mark? Because we know, I suppose, if growth rates are not good in the back end of the year when the crop goes in, 
can it be a bit risky? Do we have to be careful in what we put onto it? Well, I, I suppose it, it, it's very much, um, I suppose um, it's very much around sowing data. And I suppose the earlier the crops can be sown, Cahal, the, the better utilisation or the better the uptake of the, the fertiliser applied. So, um, yes, if you're, if you're trying to, to grow a big fodder crop, again, it would be important to uh, sow it as early as possible. And then adjust, I suppose, adjust your fertiliser uh, application rates based on what you expect to grow. And um, I suppose that's nearly as, as, you know, that you're putting out enough to grow the tons of dry matter that's required over the winter period. Yeah, and I think from an environmental point of view, we, we'd be hoping that people would um, put in the crops and maybe incorporate them back in. But like if, they're, if they are grazing, I suppose, Mark, would it be important maybe to, if you're putting a crop down, to ensure that the crops are not near rivers and drains and maybe there's a bit of a buffer zone there just to, to be, be careful once they're grazed that nothing washes away? Yeah, look, I, I, it, it, it is very, very important that, you know, when you're grazing those cover crops, um, you know, that I suppose you're conscious of ground conditions and weather conditions and that, you know, you have a, a run back area. And again, that, you know, you leave adequate, as you say, buffer, uh, you know, by streams to reduce the risk of, you know, the heavy soil or nutrients moving in, into that water course. So, yeah, look, it is it is important to be conscious to reduce issues around um, nutrient loss to water at that time of the year. Yeah, buffers will be very, very important, especially in slopey ground as well. So to increase the buffer, say up to about five meters where you have a particularly steep slope. Yeah, um, that would be quite important as well. Mark, okay. should you really view cover, cover, cover crops as a long term investment that gradually improves your management in multiple areas, like in terms of compaction and infiltration? So wh- what why should a farmer sow a cover crop? Would there be multiple benefits? Yeah, look, uh, dear, just a very good question. Uh, look, I, I think there's many, many benefits, like in terms of the soil. Uh, I see cover crops as they protect the soils over the winter period. Um, you know, they're near like a large umbrella that, again, from, you know, heavy rainfall events that there's a, a cover or a, or, or a cover or protection on the soil. Again, in terms of soil structure, uh, there, there's many benefits there in terms of having an active root system that, the, you know, you have a crop actually growing in, in the soil, it also reduces the risk of soil erosion. It also improves soil health. So again, in terms of the biology, the earthworms, the bacteria, the fungi, it also reduces the risks, you know, reduces pests, diseases, and, and weeds. So you have an actively growing crop there. And I suppose something that's pretty new is that it's 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 capturing carbon. So again, it's bringing carbon organic matter back into our soils. And again, that's providing a food source for the biology and, and the earthworms. Um, it also will improve things like soil fertility, um, and most importantly, it will reduce reduce the the potential loss of nutrients to to, to water courses. So look, there's there's many many benefits there, and there's also yield benefits. Again, results are, are variable coming from Oak Park in terms of increasing yields, but there is there is there is benefits there in terms of the long term that you're improving soil structure, you're improving soil health, you're you're keeping an actively growing crop in the soil for for you know a full twelve months of the year. And as I said, there's many, many benefits there um, on that front. We might dig into more of the benefits now in a few minutes, Mark, but just one question, I suppose, before we go too far. Um, you have to listen off a number of benefits there, and they are massive benefits. Um, uh, the one thing I would see over the past number of years, probably farmers more inclined to put in these type of crops if there is maybe, if they're in gloss or something like that, or if there is uh, kind of some form of payment or something for it. And I suppose we need to try and go down the route of that 
you know, these crops can give huge amount of benefits to, to production and to, I suppose, like Deirdre said down the line, how, how well your, your farmland will do. But the first thing a farmer is going to ask me when I go on to farmers, you know, what, what cover crop would, would you sow? Like, would you recommend any specific one, Mark, or what are people kind of sowing? Or is it a mixture? Is it a single crop? Or what would we yeah. yeah, I suppose, look, there's, there's quite a range of stuff there. And I suppose it, it's very much down to what you want to spend. Like, you know what I mean? You can go, I suppose, you know, if some of the lower cost things are like some mustard is quite cheap. Um, the likes of the, you know, the fodder rape is quite cheap. Um, the stubble turnip tends to be to, to get a bit more expensive. So I suppose it, it it depends, like, you know, like what do you want to use it for? Is it is it purely for, you know, mopping up any nutrients that are there? Or is there a, I suppose, do you want to graze that with livestock? Um, as I said, the brassicas, like, you know, they're, they're relatively cheap to, to grow very, very fast. I suppose just be careful around rotation. There can be, you know, if you have things like, you know, say, um, I'll see the rape or beet in the rotation, just be conscious of that or, or potatoes. Um, then I suppose there's likes of the phacelia, which is more expensive. You're up on maybe eight, nine euros a kilo. And uh, against a small seed can be difficult to spread, but it's an excellent break. So again, from a rotational point of view, um, you know, it's very, very good on that front. And it's also easier to incorporate. Um, I suppose in terms of legumes and, and you know, it likes the vetches, um, they're an option as well. You know, peas, beans, uh, they have the potential to fix nitrogen and reduce chemical nitrogen rates. Um, but I suppose, you know, seed, seed is not that expensive, but the, the seed rates tend to be high. Um, and again, they tend to be a good break in terms of diseases and pests. Um, mightn't be so good in terms of nitrate leaching because, you know, they will fix uh, a nice bit of nitrogen during the growing season and will reduce the crops, the following crops nitrogen requirement um, as well. And I suppose there's other things there as well, called things like oats and rye. Again, they're a larger seed, they're easier to, to broadcast, but I suppose just be conscious that you, you do need seed cover. Um, but again, they're an option in terms of getting a green cover or trying to, you know, protect the soil or, or reduce nutrient loss um, for the remainder of the, the growing season. Sorry, the legumes are good at fixing nitrogen, but they're not great at scavenging the nutrients then. Well, I, 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 yeah, well, I suppose they will scavenge, scavenge to, a, to a degree. Like if you're to look at the work from Oak Park there, like they can, they can, you know, capture up to maybe something like 80 kilograms of N per hectare. Um, in a short time and also then reduce the crops uh, following nitrogen requirement. I suppose the trick you're probably thinking, Deirdre, and it's crossed my mind as well, if you're putting legumes in, in say, into August and you're sowing them down, you're, you're producing some nitrogen if it comes up and potentially if you're in free drain soils, you've got a nitrogen. The leaching potential, yeah. yeah. Potentially, so I have to be a bit careful. But I, I, the one thing I would see around here a bit is um, there's a lot of leafy turnip and forage rate being sowed and they're brassicas, Mark, and, and they're, they're aggressive growers and they come to establish yeah. quickly. But is yeah. there, can there be an issue with, um, say, club root and stuff there if, if you don't rotate correctly? Yeah, from a rotation point of view, I suppose if you have seed rape in the rotation or maybe potatoes or beet, they can be, I suppose, hosts for some diseases. So again, I suppose just to be conscious of that. But there is there is other options there, you know, maybe in some like a, a vasilia mix or maybe some like some of the cereals in terms of the... Triticale might be good, yeah. Possibly, yeah. Triticale could be an option either, uh, Deirdre, absolutely, yeah. I'm cheating here now at the moment, but I'm looking at a, 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 a document in front of me, but Facilia looks like a really good option for, especially for reducing nitrate leaching and suppressing weeds as well. So mm-hmm. um, it looks, and it's established quite well. So that's, that's, a, that's a good option. It's easy to incorporate as well then to follow and, you know, come the springtime, it's easy to take that out, you know, compared to something like mustard. Mustard can grow, 
it's very aggressive. It, it can grow quite rapidly. A very good scavenger for nitrogen, um, but you can have a big bulk or a big volume that you need to break down, do you know? Um, Mark, considering the balance between, say, cost-effective cost establishment and appropriate seabed conditions for a catch crop, how and when should we establish in terms of seeding rate, the cost and the rotation, if you have your rotation in mind? Well, I suppose in terms of establishment, look, Deirdre, you're trying to gain as soon as possible or once that field, field is cleared, once the straw is removed, you're trying to get in there as early as possible, say, late August early September and the sooner you, you get it you get it sown the better and um, like the later you go into September you know growth falls off you know the conditions are not as good so I'd say early sowing is, is very very important uh, again in terms of establishment look you're it's you're generally looking at a, a light cultivation or there is some drills out there that will will, will cultivate and sow in, in, in a single operation and I suppose then down to the seed mix you know what I mean I'd say you can go you know quite you know, I suppose cheap and cheerful in terms of the fodder rapes or the mustards, um, depending on your rotation. Um, and then, you know, maybe some of the more expensive ones in terms of the basilias or, or the legumes, depending on, on what you want to get out of it, or maybe something like an, an otorai mix. Um, you know, so I suppose them are the, the things to consider. But for me, early sowing, you know, going in as soon as possible and having good seedbed conditions. I think rolling after sowing as well. Uh, very, very important, especially if your weather is uh, forecasted dry thereafter. Uh, Mark, do you feel that mintel has helped with cover crops with less disturbance of clay and that going forward? Yeah, look, it, it absolutely. Like the like, these are small seeds. Like, um, you know, they're they're very small seeds. Like your, you know, your mustard, your fodder rape, your clovers, your um, phacelias. They're quite small. The the radish is a little bit bigger. The the what else is there? The vetch is a little bit bigger, and then your oats um your buckwheat is a little bigger. Like so, yeah. Look, you don't need a lot really. Like uh, you're just, like you're only talking maybe cultivating the top, um you know inch or two of soil. So again, something like a mintail, a stubble rubber, or I'd say there is drills out there now that will cultivate and sow in, in the one operation. And I think they do a super job. Now they are more expensive. You're talking maybe, you know, you're talking typical sowing rates for, for that type of an operation, but it's it's a one pass, you know, you're cultivating and sowing the one run and you're getting a very, what I say, you're getting a, a very accurate seed rate, number one, and also then you're getting a, a very precise placement of the seed. So from my experience, you know, it's, it, it is a little more expensive, but it's a very good way of establishing the cover crop with minimum soil disturbance. So you do reduce the risk of, you know, soil erosion or, or losing, say, phosphorus through particulate P in terms of runoff, etc. Yeah, so as little soil disturbance as, as possible. Um, and also from cost point of view, like, you know what I mean? You're trying to keep it as low cost as possible. Keep as, it to a minimum, possible. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're, yeah. you're in out there quick as well. Yeah, um, absolutely, yeah. You made a real important pointer, Mark, um, <clears throat> trying to establish that, that cover crop quickly after harvest. And I, I remember in 2020 last year, if you remember back, we had a kind of a, around harvest time, it got wet and the harvest pushed back a little bit. And uh, I know by the time the crops got sown around here, even even they didn't come that well over the winter because that few weeks that were lost, that were pushed back to the normal date, that that has a huge impact, Mark, does it? That little, even a few weeks. Yeah, like even like, yeah, like, you know what I mean? Probably a day in August could be worth maybe uh, possibly a week in September, like, you know what I mean? So the sooner you can get those seeds into the ground when soils are, are warm 
you know, every day, the early, every day earlier, the better, like, because those seeds will strike in maybe, you know, three, four days, they'll be up. Um, and also, like, you know, um, consolidation, I think, is very, very important, you know, especially after sowing, like, as you were describing there last year, Cahal, you know, we had two storms in, in was it July and August, it was, it was very wet, the harvest was looking very, very tricky, um, and then it got very dry in September. Yeah, so again, you know, getting those crops established as soon as possible and having, I suppose, everything right um, is is very, very important to, to get them up and running as quick as possible. Like, in two th- Sorry, Mark, in 2018, we had the reverse scenario. Um, we That's had, right. In, in, July, yeah. in July and August, we had a drought situation, we had drought conditions. Hmm. Yeah. How do you, are the cover crops a viable um, option then with, with, with a drought scenario? Well, I suppose it depends when the drought is. Like, if, if it comes very dry after sowing, you'll get poor establishment. But if you remember in 2018, we had an early harvest. We probably cut spring yeah. barley probably maybe a fortnight, three weeks earlier than normal. And again, that gave us a very early up, early window then to get in with cover crops. So, like, mm. we were probably sowing cover crops in the in the first two weeks in August, which yeah. meant that you had, my memories of, of 18 was that anyone that sold cover crops early they were very well established and there was good covers going into the winter period so they're, okay. they're, they're what you would like but we don't always get what we know, want those, those, those type of conditions but but look i suppose if, if 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 it comes dry in september that can be a challenge then because you know what i mean if, if they don't get up and running you're suddenly into october and you have very very little then and again in terms of their function or their role in terms of you know, reducing nutrient loss and protecting the soil is diminished um, or they're not as beneficial as you would like, but, uh, you know. Um, the, um, the, the other option, I suppose, Mark, um, is natural regeneration. Um, just see some lads doing that. You have to get a green cover out there. Uh, what's your opinion on that? It's just let it grow back or give it a scratch or what do you think lads Yeah, yeah. I, again, look, it's, it's not as good as a cover crop from a nitrate leaching point of view, Carl, but look, it's, 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 it's 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 not far behind like so again um yeah look at if if you get in again and give the the stubbles a, a light cultivation and i suppose you know get volunteers or any seeds that come out the back of the combine or maybe there's a weed problem there you know depending i suppose it very much depends on i suppose the the the, the seed weed bank that that's in the soil so again you know um once you cultivate that stubbles like you know those those are if you remember back in 2020 with the two storms, there was some crops, there was quite a number of heads in the ground. And again, there was enough seed there to, you know, generate sufficient green cover um, to reduce things like nitrate leaching and, you know, was the benefit in terms of improving soil structure, soil health. Like, yeah. So again, definitely natural regeneration has a role to play. Yeah, and, and, and I are very interested in, in, in water quality and I suppose phosphorus loss will be, um, a big issue mm. where you don't have natural regeneration or you don't have cover crops in situ over the winter period. I, I look. I, I, I suppose the only risk there is that you are possibly promoting a green bridge. That's the only thing I'm just thinking here now. That in terms of disease carry over, like you know what I mean. That that's the only risk, and I suppose that's the benefit of putting in an actual cover crop. Let 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 the seed cost. Um, you know, but I suppose that's the only risk I suppose that is there, guys, is that you are creating a green bridge between the old crop and the new crop come the the springtime. So, but I know you can look at that can be taken out as well, you know, come the 1st of December or early January, that can be burnt off and, and removed. But I suppose 
that would be a benefit for maybe putting in something like a mustard or some of the, the father rapes or the leafy turnips or maybe spending a bit more on the likes of the some of the some of the vetches or the the vesilias or the or the buckwheats or no maybe something like oats or rye could be an option like you know what I mean so there's plenty there on the menu um but I suppose just to be conscious of that green bridge. Um, yeah, and, and look, and any any tillage farmers know the advantage of, of uh, rotations and, and crop rotations are huge benefits and and on the disease front as well. Um, the other thing you mentioned, Martin, I, I liked it earlier on, and Deirdre just mentioned phosphorus loss. And uh, if we ever see that brown water going out the gate in the, in the winter, that's you know that's some of our best soil going yeah. out and our phosphorus with it. But you mentioned the cover crops acting like a bit of an umbrella over the winter period. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, like when it rains now, like it, it does rain. Like we get a lot of rain in a very short period period of time. So, like you know, in in that that window, say when the crop is cut till the following spring, you know, like it, it tends to be the wettest, wettest time of the year. So by putting in a cover crop there, you're you're sort of protecting the soil, or you're you know when the, when the rain falls, that it's hitting the cover crop as opposed to the soil. So it reduces the risk of the loss of that brown water or the loss of phosphorus or the loss of soil. So, yeah, look, I I think um. Even for that alone, putting something in over the the winter period to protect soils, you have a root system there. It's actively growing. You know, you're it's 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 really when you go to plough those soils the following springtime, you start to see the benefit that the, the the ground comes up. You know, with a lovely crummy structure. You know, it, it you know from having an actively growing crop in it in that window when it it's generally fallow. So having something in the stubble actively growing, um, within reason and trying to manage it then. Is is beneficial? Absolutely beneficial. Yeah, but we're we're up the plough match there. It's what it's nineteen now since we're at one, was it? But um, remember we had we had the soil pit dug there in front of the Chagas pit, or in front of the Chagas tent, and we had a cover crop growing on it beside um, a grass crop, and we we dug a profile beside it so farmers could actually see the roots structure and the root yeah. system. Mark, yeah. I know you're very into this stuff. Um, from the nitrate leaching point of view and all the other stuff. Like that, that the, the difference in the, the cover crop roots are are, are mad, aren't they? The, the thicknesses and the lengths, and you're talking about you know, scavenging nitrogen. It, that stuff, they're so aggressive, they'll soak up everything around it, won't they? Yeah, well, they can scavenge or they can pull out anywhere between twenty and and sixty kilos, sixty kilos of of nitrogen per hectare. Like so, there there is a big big benefit there to having huge, a huge an, an actively growing crop in the soil. Like you know what I mean? From you know. Absolutely, yeah. like, and, and that's where they work, or that's where they function. And the counter like, to know? that, Mark, is if you're saying that, like, they can suck up that, that kind of six to eight kilos. Uh, the, the the counter to that is if we don't have them in there, that six to eight kilos could be gone into the water, down to the groundwater. So, I, I think that's a key point. Like, if if we don't do something going forward, and we know we have a nitrogen problem, in particular in the in the southeast of the country. If we don't look after this side of the house, you know, we're only going to compound a problem. We know nitrogen use efficiency is quite good on the tillage side. But it can be improved with with these additional type of crops, which they're, they're, yes, there may be a cost, but the benefits are huge from them. Yeah, like you're you're adding, I suppose you're like you know what I mean. You're putting a crop in there to mop up, like like the tillage crops are probably 70 percent nitrogen efficient, efficient, like you know what I mean. But there's still another you know 30 percent kicking around there. So that's the idea of the cover crop that it'll actually mop up that or soak up that nitrogen, and you know it, it'll put it back into the system for the crop in, in 2022 like so I suppose that's the big benefit and obviously the benefit then that it doesn't it doesn't go into a water course like so you know so yeah absolutely like and you know like even even natural regeneration 
it'll pull up, you know, I'm from 15 to 20 kilos of nitrogen, like, you know what I mean? So having something there to mop it up is very, very beneficial and reduces that risk or that load of, of nitrate going into water, like, you know. Mark, you and I have dug holes all over the country looking at soil um, and we saved the best to last, but the so- soil structure, Mark, the, um, the, this is something that I, I think people are starting to understand now on farms that it's hugely important. Um, I, I don't always, when I'm out on a farm, I don't necessarily mention soil structure. I often say compaction, but we know that it relates. Uh, these cover crops, and uh, Deirdre mentioned which ones would be best, but, but like when you get in those different root systems, they, they do serious um, uh, good work on the, on the structure side, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Look, as 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 we're talking, firstly, Carl, I suppose it's, it's they protect the soil and that that umbrella effect on the soil. And I suppose secondly, then is that you have an actively growing root system there. It's vigorously growing. You know, it's it's improving soil structure. It's pulling the particles, the sand silt, that lay together in terms of aggregate or crumb structure. Um, and as I was saying earlier, it tends to be very evident then when you go plow those soils. Like the experience is is that they tend to be drier. You know what I mean? Because there's an actual structure there. There's a network of of you know, in terms of drainage, it, it's better on those soils. Like um, you know, that 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 tends to be the the experience that they they, t- they tend to drain better or dry out quick quick quicker in the springtime when it comes to establishing you know the 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 next crop. And I suppose the other big thing then then as well is that <clears throat> you know it's a source of organic matter. You know during that time of the year you're capturing carbon from the air, you're pulling it into soil, and you're also reducing carbon leakage or carbon loss from those soils if they were bare over the winter period and again organic matter again it's the it's it's the natural glue in the soil that again it's it's very important in, in terms of soil structure it gives the soil soil structure itself and it gives soils the ability to carry big loads in terms of of machinery during the, the, the growing season yeah and uh, from for me looking at soils over the last number of years um to me, on the, on the long-term tillage side of the house, I suppose, certainly organic matter is the biggest um, threat, I think, for tillage because anyone that's in tillage every year on year on, we don't have that supply of dung that we used to have that we could put out on, on, on tillage crops anymore. Um, and we're not getting the organic matter back in and you can you, you can see it as well. And even if you do an earthworm count um, in a tillage field versus a grass field, you know, the, the, it's, it's, it's startling how poor the earthworms and the biodiversity is in the soil. Um, I think organic matter buildup is a big one. I know straw chopping is coming back on board there at the moment with, with schemes, but I think cover crops surely, Mark, has a, a massive role to play there as well. Oh, look, absolutely. Like, and I, I, like I haven't touched on things like soil fertility. Like, you know, as you said, you're putting, you're putting a, a food source on the plate for, for earthworms, for, you know what I mean? Um, and also organic matter. It's a, it's, a, it's a source of, of NPK and sulfur and, and micronutrients. And on the carbon side, like, you know what I mean? You know, like, you know, these crops are taking carbon out, out of the air. They can fix somewhere in the region of one to 1.5 tons of carbon per hectare per year, per year, also reducing carbon loss over the winter period and also reducing things like nitrous oxide. So on the environmental front, yes, cover crops are, are very, very beneficial and they bring uh, a lot to, to the to the to the um to to the story really in terms of uh, improving um soil organic matter and carbon capture on on tillage farms and i suppose also as a soil green manure absolutely yeah it's it yeah I, I, absolutely absolutely yeah and like, like you're, you're right there's that that green manure that you disc back in or you plow back in whatever way you get back in 
that'll break down and, and again we're, t we're relying on our microbes our microbiology to break that material down so we need to feed them as well so it'll break down that material and release nutrients over time for us. so i think look mark um with soil health being one of the main pillars in the eu biodiversity strategy for 2030 i think the benefit of cover cropping certainly outweighs the cost and i think it's it's uh, every farmer should be considering this every tillage farmer should, should be considering what what the benefit can do to the farm so with that mark thank you very much no matter at all that's it for this episode of the chakas environment edge podcast thanks to mark plunkett chakas soil and plant nutrition specialist for joining us on the show don't forget to rate review and subscribe to the podcast you can listen on apple and google podcasts as well as spotify and for more information go to the chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Cahill Summers. And I'm Georgia Lynn. Join us next time for the Chagas Environment Edge podcast, Signpost to Farm Sustainability.